welcome to the McKinsey Recruiting Podcast. My name is Vanessa, and I'm very pleased to be hosting this podcast episode and to introduce you to some of our McKinsey colleagues. In this episode, we will talk about the personal experience interview. Our guests today are Simona and Richard. Simona is the director of McKinsey's recruiting assessment team and is based in Stuttgart. She joined the firm back in 2000. Richard is an engagement manager in the New York office. Simona and Richard will discuss why McKinsey uses the personal experience interview, the questions that are asked, and what types of stories they want to hear from candidates. Are you ready? Well, let's dive into the podcast. Hi, Simona and Richard. Thanks for being our guests on our McKinsey Recruiting Podcast. You're both involved in our recruiting process in different ways. Before we get started, let's learn a little bit more about each of you. Richard, as an engagement manager, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me, Vanessa. Super excited to be here. Yes, so I'm an engagement manager in the New York office. I work in the life sciences practice. So I mostly work with pharmaceutical and biotech companies on a range of strategic problems and analytics work with them as well. And on a personal note, I grew up in Mexico City, went to school out in California, and now I live in New York. So I've sort of bounced around, but was looking for another big city like Mexico City. So I found New York and have really loved living here for the last four years. That's wonderful. And can you tell us a little more about how you got involved in recruiting at the firm? Well, I guess probably about a year in, you're allowed to start doing interviews. I really was excited to be on the other side of interviews, help candidates along. And so I did the training and became an interviewer and I really enjoyed it. And so I've sort of found ways to get more and more involved, done different roles where I can work directly with candidates and help them prepare for interviews. And I just think it's really fun to meet candidates and get them excited and ready to interview with McKinsey. Great. Thanks so much for sharing that, Richard. I I heard that you're also an avid uh, runner. Can you tell us a little bit about that and your endeavors in that area? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I'd say avid, but I did run my first half marathon this past weekend, which was a lot of fun. So I may become an avid runner, but I would more call myself a novice. I'm just getting going. But it's fun to get outside and have an activity to go do on a regular basis. That's for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Simona, we'd love to hear from you. As the Director of Assessments, you've now been with McKinsey for over 20 years. Wow, that's amazing. I'm still here. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit more about what the assessment team does? Yeah, happy to. So as an assessment center of excellence, we are actually responsible to help define hiring criteria and meaningful and practical and pragmatic assessment tools for all our roles at McKinsey. So the consulting, different consulting roles, but also any other roles that we hire into the firm. So a big piece of what we do as a team is choose, develop, and maintain assessment products, if you like, to help assess for the different roles, for problem solving, behavioral skills, and for expertise. But then there is also a significant amount of work related to 
making sure that all our stakeholders, which means all the recruiters, but also all the interviewers are trained on these materials and understand how to best use them. And then I'm sure you can assume that there are just loads of regular questions also on topics like accessibility or accommodations that our team is answering for all our recruiting colleagues around the globe. That's quite a responsibility, Simona, especially given that we all know McKinsey's greatest assets are its people. So wonderful to hear about all of the thought and effort that goes into our assessment. And on the personal front, uh, I know that you are a mom and a wife. Can you tell us a bit more about your wonderful family? Very, very happy to. I think I have a very full life. I would uh, claim to have the best husband in the world. Otherwise, I wouldn't be where I am in my career because he's definitely hugely supporting me while having his own career as well. And then we have three wonderful children. Our son is 15 year old and I proudly observed him score three goals in his soccer game this past Sunday. Our daughter is 13 years old and uh, heavy in horseback riding and jumping. And then the little one is seven years old and she is sort of a bit of a special one. I think she's sometimes more challenging than the teenagers constantly telling me that she doesn't have time for her extracurricular activities. She needs more time for her friends and to just relax. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like my type of person. Let's relax. (laughs) Thanks so much for sharing a bit about yourselves, Richard and Simona. Let's dive into the topic of today, the personal experience interview. First of all, why does McKinsey conduct a personal experience interview as part of the recruiting process? Simona, maybe you can take this. Yeah, and um, people who know me know that while I love um, pragmatic answers, I'm, I do have a PhD and I'm big in science. And I think starting with the science side, there's just evidence that we learn the most predictive information about people when we lead structured and job-related interviews. And this is really what the personal experience interview is. We want to get to know you as a person. We want to understand your behaviors in the past in certain situations and in those situations that are similar to what you will experience on the job. Now, when I say that, I specifically say it's about the behaviors. It's not that you have to have had an internship and been in a very similar consulting role than you will be at the job. But the challenge of, for example, working with a team with people coming from very different backgrounds, that could also come from a very different experience than a work-related one. Right. And what would you say, Simona, uh, differentiates the personal experience interview from other typical interviews that we encounter? I think there are maybe two things to that. The one relates to the structured piece that I was referring to. It means that you as candidates can expect an interview that is typically guided by the interviewer. And we do that on purpose because we want to give the same chances to every candidate and hence increase the fairness of our interviews. So we will ask a similar introductory question. We will give similar guidance and coaching on how to respond. And then 
there will be a lot of follow-up questions. So what I'm sometimes hearing from candidates is that it felt very much interviewer-led versus what they sometimes experience is that it's more candidate-led. I think the other difference is what we hear a lot other organizations do are fit interviews. And I think the reason why we don't do fit interviews where I would say they could go into all kinds of directions is that we are very aware that every person in the world has a mini-me bias, which means we tend to have a preference for people who are similar to us. And what we're trying to do in all our interviewing techniques is reduce that any kind of bias, actually. And so that's why this might feel a bit more scripted. That's really reassuring to you, Simona. I think the question that would be on most people's mind is, what is McKinsey looking for? Richard, what do you think the answer is there? Well, I think they want to hear about you and your experiences and how you approach different problems or different challenges that you face in your life, whether that's doing club activities at school or doing a school project with a team or during a summer internship. It's really trying to understand you and how you tackle different problems. And to get a little bit more specific, there are four questions or question types that we typically ask in the personal experience interviews. And all four of these are listed on the interviewing section of the careers website with a clear description of what we're looking for for each of them. But I'd love to go ahead and walk you through the different buckets and kind of relate them to my experiences at McKinsey and why we're asking about these topics, not just what we're asking. The first topic is personal impact. And this really talks about an experience you've had where you've had an opposing opinion with someone else. And we see this all the time in our client work. I've had numerous client projects where I'm sitting in a room, reading out our last couple of weeks worth of work, and the client disagrees or has a different perspective on it. And you have to have an ability to work with the client and tackle that problem to get you both to be on the same side of the table as opposed to disagreement. And it's totally normal. And I think that's why they asked the personal impact question, because you do actually see it quite a bit in our day-to-day. Then the next one is entrepreneurial drive. This one talks about how do you take ownership over things that you do? And at McKinsey, you'll have that opportunity from day one to own something, to build a kind of your own community or your own niche of what you want to work on. And an example of that could be if there's not a club at your McKinsey office doing the activity that you like to do, you actually can take that as an opportunity to start that club. And you'll get the resources from the office. And I'm sure you'll find people within the office or within the broader McKinsey community who are excited to join and participate in that club. This is very similar to your experiences in school where you might be starting a new club or taking ownership and leading something. Um, So this isn't necessarily about being an entrepreneur and starting your own business, but it's more than that. It's being entrepreneurial in your approach and taking ownership. And that's really what we're looking for there. The third one is about inclusive leadership. Inclusive leadership 
is the idea of working on very diverse teams. And at McKinsey, you're gonna be working on a team with all sorts of different people with different backgrounds. You'll be brought together on day one and it could be people from all over the world who've grown up with different experiences. They have different educational backgrounds. They may have PhDs, MDs, and we're all getting together in this room and working together. And that wealth of knowledge and experience that comes from being from all over the world and having had all these educational experiences and have all these uh, different backgrounds brings a wealth of knowledge to the room. So on this question, we're looking to understand your experience working in these diverse sets of teams. Finally, the fourth question is courageous change. In today's world, things change fast and there's always disruptions, there's constant changes. And that goes for McKinsey projects as well and the type of work we do. We could be in the middle of a project with a client and there's an external factor that completely changes what the client's focused on and what type of work they need help on. So halfway through your project, the project may change completely and shift to help the client out with the most pressing need that will have the most impact for them in the long term. And so we're trying to understand how do you approach these changes and take that kind of positive perspective on this unexpected change that may uproot what you're working on at the time, but end up leading to lots of positive experience in the future. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Richard, thank you so much for bringing that to life. I think it makes it super clear how these skills and capabilities are relevant to the McKinsey environment. There is a, an additional interview that I've heard of, uh, the values and purpose interview, apart from the four personal experience interviews you've just mentioned, Richard. I was wondering, Simone, could you tell us a little bit more about the values and purpose interview? Yes, sure. And not every candidate will see that interview as it's not used in the same way in all offices at this point in time. So don't be surprised. It doesn't have anything to do with you if you don't get and experience that type of interview. But let me talk a little bit about it. idea. So in fact, this is even more a two-way interview than the personal experience interview because we want to use the opportunity to share a bit more about the values at McKinsey because they are a core part of how we work together. And so typically these interviews are structured in a way that your interviewer will actually share with you McKinsey values and most likely talk to one of them in a little bit more detail. So it could be the obligation to dissent, but it could also be the importance of apprenticeship in the way we work together and share their experience of how the value came to life for them in their McKinsey career. And then in the second part of the interview, the interviewer will likely ask you as the candidate to pick one of the McKinsey values, and it doesn't have to be the one that your interviewer spoke to, to also share an experience and together you will explore a bit more on how this value has shaped your behavior and how you are reflecting on certain ideas like the ones of apprenticeship, for example. That's awesome. 
it's wonderful to hear that, you know, we're able to create a space to share something so important to the firm being our values with our candidate. Thanks, Simona. Perhaps putting on your assessor hat for a minute, Richard, what would you say are common challenges candidates have? That's a great question. I think one thing that comes up often is that candidates don't have enough stories. So they try to take a story and force it into one of these buckets. You should make sure that you're actually finding an example and experience you've had that meets what we're asking for, instead of trying to like force something you want to talk about into one of the buckets. Now, let me give an example. Sometimes I hear candidates trying to talk about inclusive leadership, but they're not working in a team. They're not working with a diverse set of people. That doesn't really fit for that question. And maybe it's a great example for a different personal experience, but remember to touch on the topic we're asking about. So if it is inclusive leadership, where we're talking about working in a team setting with a diverse set of perspectives, I would think about a group project or a club or a team sport where you were working with a group of different people who had different perspectives and how you worked through that situation, as opposed to focusing on one that maybe doesn't have that. The other thing that I find often candidates struggle with is they like to talk about the story as a whole, almost from a third person perspective, where it's like, oh, yes, we as a team did this. And then we ended up presenting the project and we got a great grade. But we're asking about you. So we want to understand what you did and your involvement and how you approached the problem and how you interacted with the team, not how the team overall did or how the club did or whatever was the final outcome. So make sure to talk about yourself. That's what we want to hear. We want to hear your personal experience. Awesome. Those are very pragmatic tips, uh, Richard. So really making sure that you have relevant examples to share and focusing on your role. I really love that. And how long does the personal experience interview typically take? So maybe I can jump in from an assessment recommendation perspective, because of course, I cannot promise what will happen in your interviews. But it is meant to be a real deep dive into one example for around 15 minutes. So I think that's helpful to know when you prepare and think about a situation that it should be something that happened recently. So probably things that happened five years ago or so might be a bit harder to remember. Because depending on the type of personal experience we would like to discuss, the interviewer might ask for specific interactions and conversations with people and really understand what you were thinking before you were making certain suggestions to resolve a conflict, for example. Right. And how many questions usually are asked, would you say? So I think to me, there are two aspects to that. So ideally, we discuss one situation in detail. So the person, the interviewer will ask for one situation, then you will share an example. What I would always recommend is to maybe think about two situations you could share because it 
uh, as Richard was mentioning, sometimes it's not super clear which situation fits for which interviews in the perfect way. And so you might want to give your interviewer the option to dive deeper into one or the other example. But then you can expect a lot of follow-up questions because we want to know what exactly happened, but also what you were saying, what you were thinking, how the other person was reacting, what you were considering based on their action or reaction. And so the number of questions is almost uh, unlimited. Right. So it sounds like it's really going deep into a specific example. We've heard some stories of you know, situations where there might be a brain teaser question or a trap. Is this something that is ever done or should be expected? You should not expect any brain teasers, any traps. We are going to ask you about you and your experience. There's no brain teasers. Oh, that's a relief. (laughs) So let's make this come to life by sharing some real examples. What kind of story should a candidate tell? And is there a template or certain structure that a candidate should follow? So I'm happy to start and then please pile on, Simona. But as I mentioned, I think you can tell stories about your relevant experiences so far. So that can be school projects in a class, experiences volunteering, your work on a club at school or internships. So it can be from the whole breadth of your experiences so far. And there is no right way to tell the story. You should tell your story, but we do want to make sure that you give the essence of the story. So usually up front, it's helpful to give kind of a short blurb of what you're going to talk about. So let's say I'm going to talk about my club team that played club hockey, and I'm going to talk about this experience of being the leader of that team. And that helps us calibrate whether or not it's a good fit for the specific question. And then you dive in and talk about the details of, okay, what happened? And then ultimately, where did it end up? And maybe I can pile on that a little bit on giving you some insights into how we train our interviewers. So this time you have the luxury of having some experts on the podcast. Uh, And typically, what I've tried as an interviewer is to say after what Richard introduced, having sort of the overview of what the story is about, I will ask what are the two or three key challenges that you experienced, or I'll ask what are the two, three key meetings that show me how you convinced this person. And I actually use this as my agenda as an interviewer a bit as a steering wheel for the next 15-minute conversation. So it doesn't mean that you have to prepare everything thoroughly in that structure, but thinking about what the key milestones or the turning points were in your experience is probably helpful to do up front. And then I would recommend you just let go of your agenda and really follow the questions that the interviewer is asking you. Oh, that's wonderful to hear and super helpful to hear about, you know, the uh, role of the assessor. So thanks so much for sharing that extra tidbit with us, Simona. I think I wanted to bring it a little closer to home, Richard, if you'd be willing to share. Do you remember one of your PI stories that you uh, shared in your interview? And would you be willing to share it with, you know, just a few close friends? 
(laughs) (laughs) I'd be happy to, although it's been a while. I guess I'll start off by saying I did my first round of interviews when I was a sophomore in college. So in terms of experiences, I felt like I had not that many, but that didn't matter because I could touch on the experiences I had in classes and clubs, even though I hadn't done these big, long internships or some of these experiences that people have when they've been out of school for a couple of years or when they're a senior. So I remember telling one about, I think it was for inclusive leadership, about a biology lab that I was working in. And we were working on a project. It was a group of four of us. And I think one of the experiments got messed up and there was disagreement amongst the team. And we sort of had to resolve this in a very short amount of time in order to get the final lab results and bring it to the final end of class presentation that represented a huge portion of our grade. And so I talked about how I approached that situation with the team, how I talked to the others and how we resolved it ultimately together despite facing such a challenge. So that's one that I do remember. But I also had like one about sports and a couple other things because I hadn't done some big internships. So I had to draw on what I knew. Wow. Thanks so much again, um, Richard. Simona, uh, maybe giving us the lens of an assessor once more. Are there any compelling PEI stories that you've heard over the years while interviewing candidates? Definitely a a broad range. And I would say a common topic and one that usually gives a lot to discuss is for people who come with an advanced degree, who've maybe uh, done a PhD, when they talk about how they've done that and how they had to self-motivate, but also how they had to cut corners or make trade-offs when, um, you know, between time and and rigor, especially for our entrepreneurial drive, that's a typical topic that's worth discussing. Another one uh, that I recall from just a few months ago was on Courageous Change, where a candidate from India really wanted to study abroad and worked really hard and then was rejected even twice by a university she applied to in the UK. And then how she dealt with the setback, really. And um, in the first instance where it really took her some time, her grades went down. She didn't want to meet with friends anymore until she did some self-reflection on on pulling herself out of that and developed some strategies. And in the end, she got into a different school and she was very successful there and ended up in interviews with us and received an offer. So I thought this was amazingly inspirational, actually, to hear that from such a young lady on how she went through these challenging times and ended up following her dreams, nevertheless. I think what's standing out to me most after hearing from both of you is that It's absolutely acceptable and, in fact, encouraged to draw from experience from all areas of your life as a candidate, whether that's academic, professional life, or extracurricular. So that should give folks a lot of options of things to draw from in their life to discuss. Thank you both for all the very interesting insights and valuable information. Can you give us a few final tips or tricks on how to be successful during the personal experience interview? Sure. 
I think one that we sort of touched on earlier, make sure to come prepared with three stories that are relevant for each of the different personal experience topics. Because if one's not a good fit, then you have another one prepared and ready to go that you can speak to. Maybe to add to that, I would say prepare, but don't over-prepare. So I think Richard did a great job to link the relevance of the different personal experience areas to the job that you will be doing at McKinsey. And so spend enough time to think through and maybe even ask your friends or family about situations where they think you've shown you know, great leadership skills, for example, they might bring situations back to your memory that really stand out for them. So I would spend time on that. And then, as I said, sort of the key turning points or milestones in a situation, try to think about relevant conversations that really influence the outcome of the situation and what happened. But then try to just follow the guidance of the interviewer. Don't try to give a 15-minute monologue and aim to share everything that you think is relevant, but really try to have it as a natural conversation, I guess, with the mindset that we really want to get to know you as an authentic person. We don't want to hear a rehearsed story, but really understand how you're thinking about these typical situations that we experience Wow. I'm sure our listeners will benefit greatly from all of the tips that you've shared with us today. So that's it. Uh, Simone and Richard, thank you so much. This was super interesting to learn more about the personal experience interview. That's the end of the recruiting podcast episode. Thanks for being our guest today. And good luck in your interviews. (laughs) Yes, looking forward to seeing you.